with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. The end of the show, we'll get into some NBA stuff, the Thunder Summer League. Trey Mann seemed like he was left on the scrap heap going into Summer League now. Does he even have to go to Vegas? Has he, has he secured a spot with the way he's played so far? I get some thoughts on Chet. Through a couple of games, uh, what we think there. Uh, also, what's the holdup with Dame to uh, to uh, Miami? It felt like at the end of last week that was inevitable. Like before the weekend, that trade was going to be made, and still not. So, what is the holdup? Is it inevitable that he ends up in Miami? It seems like he's got a one-team list, or can somebody else sneak in there and maybe end up with Dame Lillard? i.e. Boston, with some of the moves they've been making. Is this just a precursor to that? So we can hit, we can hit that. We can have our man Cade Sanford in here talking about the Elk City Youth Tackle football camp coming up a week from Saturday. Uh, get it, uh, Have him explain what's going on there, who will be here, that sort of thing. Then also yesterday, all Big 12 football teams were announced. I don't know that I'd have ever thought in my wildest imagination – that Kansas would have four guys on the all-Big 12 first team and Oklahoma would have one. But that's what happened yesterday. So we'll talk about that poll. Uh, what's going to be your best guess? The media poll come out team-wise, how they rank the teams. How do you think the media will rank the teams going into the Big 12 season? How would you do it? How would you rank, say, the top three? And if OU and OSU aren't in the top three, where will they be in your mind going in. So we'd love to hear from you. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com or download the app. The app has it all. It's got radio, all three radio stations. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News, although it might be soggy with the morning rains, but you can pick <laughs> up your free copy of the Penny News at your favorite local newsstand. Also, we got the Big Elk and Paragon TV on there. It'll be here before you know it. High school football just right around the corner. And then, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you miss a show entirely, you can go find us everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. <clears throat> where you can uh, locate your podcast will be on there as well. Jared, how are you this morning? I'm well. How are you? I'm tired. Why are you tired? You still recovering from the 4th of July? No, I'm recovering <laughs> from the weather cover. Uh, you know, I haven't had – I've just gotten lucky as all get out. But yeah. I haven't – my severe weather day is Wednesday. Which was yesterday. Which was yet, and of course, also here's the here's the thing, Jared. If you forget about, it's also overnight and into the early morning because I'm not off the hook till noon. That's right. 
And so apparently my phone started going off about 4.45 was the first severe thunderstorm warning. Yesterday afternoon. No, no this, this morning. Mo- oh, this morning. I'm oh, talking about this morning. I'm sorry. I was... I heard you go down the studio about 4.45 yeah, yeah. yesterday. It was right before. Yeah, it's, and You've then, been on for like 12 hours. Uh, well, I went home. <laughs> you know, it kind of cleared out of here. Right. About, I think I left about 9, a little after 9. Yeah. Last night when those storms were down uh, into from Harmon to Jackson County uh, through past Hollis. And I came, I went home. And my my app started beeping about 4.45. Ugh. I didn't wake up till I heard the thunder at about 5.30. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been here for a while. Well, look at you go. Good job. I walked in. Nathan was already here, and he kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? I was like, it's my weather. So I just went downstairs, did a report, and then I really was kind of surprised uh, because at 6.30 was when the the warning was for. I figured they were going to extend that thing a little bit, but they didn't. It kind of weakened a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. bit. But, it, yeah, so that's woke why. Woke us up, too. That's why I'm... That's why I'm tired. It woke us up before our alarms went off. The, the you know, mm-hmm. and <laughs> here there's been a trend over there where we live where if a little bit of a storm, a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain, and then the power goes out. So I, me and my wife got up and said, you know what? We better get ready before the power goes out. <laughs> and then we did, and then we're just sitting there like, well, it's 7 o'clock. We don't have to leave exact. I mean, we can't believe that, ter- leave that early. Power never went out. Yeah, I like the rain, but I mean, I mowed on Monday, so I'm going to mow tomorrow, it looks like. Yeah, I'm going to have to go get a mower and get mowing this evening. I was going to do that yesterday. That was the plan for yesterday. And then. You know what I tried? Couldn't do it. You know what I tried on Monday? Because I had nothing, nothing to do on Monday. Okay, what? I mowed the lawn and I did everything. I edged it, weed eat, blew it, everything. And then. I've been reading a lot about this. I didn't want to go out and spend the money to buy one of these, so I made a homemade one. I made a striping kit for my mower to try to stripe my lawn. Oh yeah. So I went back over my lawn. Mm-hmm. It didn't really take. So I'm trying. I'm doing some homework. So if anybody has any tips on how to stripe your lawn, I think what I did wrong. I need to do it while I mow. Yeah, I think so. As too. soon as it's fresh. And then I'm also told, you know, I like to mow my lawn very, very short. Yeah. Um, I'm told if you want that striping effect, you got to leave, leave, leave a little, it a little bit lighter. Yeah. yeah. So it's a fun little experiment I'm trying. Yeah, it always looks cool. It does. See, I was anxious too because you probably saw I put a picture on Facebook of I was having fun with my drone on Monday and I thought, okay, I'm going to stripe this thing, take my drone up, see what it looks like. It didn't really take, but still made for a pretty picture. It was so green out. But I want to figure out this striping thing. Make it look my, like my lawn look cool. Anywho, I was hoping to have it all striped and looking all American for Fourth of July. Then yeah, you got really to mow a flag in it. Exactly, I get really good at it. I could put some, <laughs> I could put some stars out there somehow. Yeah, nah, but we'll figure it out. But yeah, I'm not. But I'll have all the opportunity with all this rain. I know it's amazing. I'm really it? nervous going on vacation and coming back to my lawn of three feet high. <laughs> <coughs> it's just it's crazy that it's doing this right on the heels of you know drought the way it's been over the last few years and now it, i plan on looking at the drought monitor day monitor today because june had to been i mean that is a really wet month in june for here it was i wonder if there's any records set i bet you jimmy on ag would know i bet like i that. bet old jiminy clark would know bet he knows uh all big 12 football teams the preseason all big 12 teams were announced yesterday Interesting mix of players. Texas led the way. 
with uh, with five guys, three on the offense, two on the defense. Kansas, Kansas State, and TCU were next with four apiece. Oklahoma State was after that. They had three guys, two on defense, one on offense. And then lowly old Oklahoma with one, which was Ethan Downs, newly married defensive lineman, obviously from Weatherford. Everybody knows about that. Uh, All Big 12, uh, the Offensive Player of the Year. I I was surprised by this just a little bit because of the hype that's being generated in Austin. But I think as far as if if you want to look at what they've done, what what they've actually done on the field, uh, Jalen Daniels is as good a choice as any quarterback at uh, Kansas. Really kind of led the resurgence for the Jayhawks, and their fall-off started when he got hurt. You know, and that's kind of when they – uh, this kind of lost their way. So Jalen Daniels is the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Jalen Ford from Texas. I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't even remember him, but whatever. And then Trayshawn Ward, running back from Florida, a transfer there, is the newcomer of the year for Kansas State. Uh, just when you look through here, what caught your eye um, for both the offense and the defense? On the All Big Well, teams. Daniels as the QB one and in, in offensive player of the year, that one stood out to me. I mean, I get it. It's he's a great athlete, and he was the reason Kansas had success last year. That and many reasons, but he was the main reason, and, and it was evident when he went down. So did Kansas, but it's Kansas, so it's still kind of shocking for me. In football, you're seeing that much love for a Kansas quarterback. You know, was it is it too overreactive off based off of one season? Do we need to see more? And I guess we'll find out coming up next season. So that one stood out to me, and I'm with you in the defense player of the year. I went, who? I don't remember that name. But newcomer of the year, I thought maybe McCullough might get a, attention for that one for OU. Uh the the uh cheetah edge rusher, whatever position you want to put him in. I thought that might because that, that got a lot of attention when he made that switch from Indiana to OU. I thought that might get some love, but um, I mean, I get it. I mean, Kansas State, they seem to always plug and play a running back, and they're always successful, so that might be an easy choice for the media. You know, what's interesting to me is, you know, you, you never know a newcomer, but it's even as a newcomer of the year, still not on the first team as a running back. That was Richard Reese and Devin Neal. So, you know, I, <clears throat> I think what this says when you look at it, is that one, with, with Jalen Daniels being the choice, there's not a ton returning at the quarterback spot. Quality. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you could make the case for one of three guys to be the first-team quarterback with Daniels, uh, with Dylan Gabriel, or with uh, Quinn Ewers. I think those are the three that you can kind of make a, a case for. Well, I wrote down that that was my surprise was Ewers wasn't number one. No, I, I, just that, because of the hype, right? right. I mean, exactly, for exactly. me, totally because of the hype. I can't believe and because he's not. we're about to talk about this, but because of what we think the preseason polls mm-hmm. are going to look like, usually that correlates with the QB one is that team that's favorite to win it all in the Big Twelve, anyways. Yeah, that that was surprising. Especially, I mean, I just looked at a mock draft and it has Ewers going number eight overall to uh, to Washington. I think if that transpires then he's going to be the the postseason all big 12 quarterback and probably the offensive player of the year as well <clears throat> if that if he plays up to a to a standard that allows him to be a top 10 pick in next year's draft any snubs 
uh, or any surprises for what you saw here. I, I thought all three OSU guys absolutely are deserving from what they've done in their careers with Brendan Presley as one of the wide receivers and then Colin Oliver and also Kendall Daniels in the uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball. I really thought if he is used properly or would have been used properly a year ago, I think you could absolutely make the case that Colin Oliver ought to be the preseason defensive player of the year. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, I, I, you know, we mentioned Ewers as far as snubs. That's what I wrote down. I, it's weird for me to go in defense for a Texas player, but because of everything we just said. But you know, and I think everyone wants me to say, well, uh, what about Dylan Gabriel? What about McCullough? What about you know Farouk? I mean, what about those guys? Well, does six and seven excite you from last year? No, and it doesn't excite any of the media. They, it's more of a show me now and what what have you done for me lately. Uh, kind of mentality when when these polls come out. So um, I'm not going to say there were any OU players that were snubbed. I I'm not ready to go there. I think Ethan Downs was a solid guy because he he is trajectory or his trajectory has been going up with each season. So I'm okay with that. But um, as far as any other OU guys, I again six and seven didn't excite me last year, and why should I be excited about going in the next year with these guys coming back? Yeah, for me, if you were going to tell me one OU defender was on this list, I would have said it would had been the you know the leading tacker and tackler in the conference was just Stutzman. Uh, yeah, I can go there. I, I but yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, and and then when you look, I mean, you look at uh, some of these guys that are that are there. They were all kind of second team last year. Honorable mention last year, at least at the the linebacker spot. So that would have been the one for me from from Oklahoma, at least that. If you would have just said, hey, guess who the all-Big 12 defender is OU has, I would have said Stutzman just because of the season he had last year. Um, but it's just uh, that's the way it goes. Now let me ask you this. Do you <clears> – what, what is your guess on how the media ranks the teams ahead of uh, media days? Well, I, I did you one Wednesday? better. I did what I think the media will do – then I did what, what I think it yeah. should be. Okay. Do you want me to go all fourteen or? No, no, no. Just like where top three and where you have uh, where you think OU and OSU will be. I think the media will have top three will be Texas, OU, and TCU. I know Kansas State's the defending Big Twelve champs, but TCU is the national runner up. I, I just stay where that's again more of a what have you done for me lately kind of thing. But the OU Texas thing, it's because they're. Texas and OU. Texas returning a lot and everything that we've mentioned. And I don't think anyone really expects OU to go another six and seven, especially with the schedule that they have. Um, so I, you know, they, they still get a lot of respect. I think OSU by the media, I don't agree with it, but I think the media has them around the nine spot. How about you? I think it, I think the media will have Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas State. See, I'm, I was. It's about 50-50, TCU or KSU, TCU or Kansas State, which one? And I went with TCU just because they were in that national spotlight, had a heck of a run last year, almost won the damn thing, you know, in the Big 12 championship game. But And you know my affection for Kansas State. I, I always think they're the darlings and underappreciated, but they continue to challenge here at the top. I, I I can totally agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, all I think their in entire fact, in offensive fact, line is back. The quarterback, Will Howard, is back. I, th- I think that's where it kind of yeah. tips the, yeah. the scales. For me, if if we're doing my top three, I would have them second. I, that's exactly where I put them. <clears throat> I put Texas, Kansas State, TCU. 
See, I put Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma because Oklahoma's schedule is so easy. It's charm and soft. I it's know. It's so easy. And and you just it, I guess I still I'll have a bitter it. taste in my mouth of last year. Like, yeah, you gotta show me you're better. See, I believe you gotta show me. I'm the opposite. I'll believe it when I see it that they're that bad. Oh, okay. You know, that's just such an anomaly with some of the games. You know, losing by less than a touchdown, all those games, even if that, you know if those halfway even out, you're looking at nine and three. That's true. And so that that's where I would put for me. And then Oklahoma State, man, I have no idea. Right. I, I I'm I'm really. See, I think the media has them at nine. You know where I think they should be, eight, because there are teams like Baylor and Kansas and Tech that I think are maybe a tick better. Do we know anything about their quarterback play? That's right. The quarterback play, and it's going to be a different animal because um, Alan Bowman is more of a setback, think Brandon Whedon, not Spencer Sanders. So then that puts the onus on the offensive line to be better, to be able to protect him, to be able to give him time to throw. And I'm just not sure where that's at. I mean, really and truly, I both teams have ridiculously easy schedules within the conference but i'm just probably give ou the, a little bit more benefit of the doubt just because of what they've been but you know what nobody there has proven anything especially from the coaching staff point of view venables hasn't proven to be a head coach yet but it just the the talent discrepancy that the, with the way that oklahoma's recruited versus some of these teams coming into the conference you got to think that just a, a little bit of a change in some of those close games, and that's what—that's not even considering the fact maybe they can just be better and, and the games won't be close. Right. So, Oklahoma State to me is the hardest team to figure going into the year. And and hey, because there's a, here's another thing. What what is Mike Gundy's mo? When you don't think they're going to be very exactly good, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, this they're challenging is, yeah. for the for the conference title. History repeating itself. We didn't know anything about them a couple of years ago. We was like, well, I don't know, maybe. And then they make that run, into all the way through the Fiesta Bowl and beat Notre Dame. And then last year, there's a little bit more expectation for them, and they drop off a little bit. Well, and that's so. It's right now. It's so hard to remember that in 2022, just a year ago, they're up what 17 yeah, yeah. At, at TCU. In the first half, undefeated, ranked in the top 10 of the country, coming off the year before where they were inches away from maybe a playoff spot. It doesn't feel like that. That That is where the level that they're at, though, because maybe too much recency bias with the way the season ended uh, and, last and year for Oklahoma State. And even how the offseason went when players left, mainly Spencer Sanders. But, yeah, there, there's that bad taste in your mouth, too for OSU but I'm with you I, it's hard for me to place them anywhere to be honest with you because I can see them being 10 or lower I can see them being floating around as high as maybe six or five even I just don't know where to put them they're they're the I, ultimate I no they're the ultimate wait and see team yeah. to me this year in the big 12 because if they protect Bowman you know everybody was through the roof excited you know, last year about Ollie Gordon and, and what he could do as the, as a running back. I think you saw glimpses of that. And so if, if you know, if Bowman can get protection and be able to, you know, be like a poor man's Brandon Whedon type of offense, then, heck, and I mean, I think OSU defensively is pretty good. they got some good pieces anyhow. 
And but they but you're right, they lost. Golly, have you heard the promo that the guys in Oklahoma City are running? No. It's it's Curtis and, and Kerry talking about the difference in where the, the portal guys for OSU landed versus the portal guys for OU that went out. I mean, you're talking about Baylor, Washington, Notre Dame, all, you know, all these mm-hmm. for the OSU guys that, that portaled out. Whereas, you know, only what, Theo Weiss ended up at Missouri. Was he the only D1 guy? Everyone else went down a level that left OU. And the point was, look at what OSU has lost to the portal in the last couple of years. You know, obviously, yeah. Sanders at Mississippi. I mean, there's there's ton the 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 discrepancy, at least on paper, of what the Cowboys lost versus what the Sooners lost. It's not even close right. if you just look at where the guys landed. Oh, the other way too. I mean, who came in for OU and OSU? Mm-hmm. We mentioned yeah. Bowman. We mentioned McCullough, and, and you know that the who's going to have a greater impact by virtue of bringing kids in through the portal. So, and again, it's wait and see. We we don't know. I mean, the spring game's kind of, well, spring game kind of gave us an idea for OU anyways. McCullough looked really good. But can he do that week in and week out in the Big 12? <coughs> I mean, this isn't Indiana. It's OU. So. Well, then you think, okay, so Thomas Harper, Notre Dame, Jabbar Muhammad, Washington. You know, Sanders, obviously, down in the SEC. Mason Cobb, forget about him, linebacker, USC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trace Ford went right down. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Forget about that one. When you when you think about just those names that I just said, they were such an integral part of what Oklahoma State was doing on defense last year. And then you know, John Paul Richardson, he what's he A and M? That where he ended up? I think so. You know, Stephon Johnson, Houston, inside the conference. And I know that's a D1 now, and of course, you know, we mentioned already that Sanders, Dominic Richardson inside the conference. So it, it's it's a really, really interesting to see what the Cowboys end up with um, going forward because it Gundy does have and has earned that right and that reputation of when the chips, when their backs are against the wall and nobody's expecting a thing out of them, they come out and they're right in the mix to win the conference. And schedule wise, I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, they get, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but they do get OU in Stillwater. Okay, their their road games are Iowa State, which West Virginia, UCF, and Houston. They miss Texas. They miss Tech. They miss TCU, and they miss Baylor. They don't play a single one of the the Texas. That's right, I forgot about that. A single one of the Big Twelve Texas schools. They get all the newcomers. Schedules there, no doubt about it. The schedules there for Oklahoma State to be right in the mix of the Big Twelve conference. But there's a lot of questions. That, I mean, you want to talk about going out on a limb? You have to go out on a pretty small, you know, way out there on a limb to pick them after finishing fifth last year to pick them any better than that. But the recipe could be there for Oklahoma State. And then, of course, Oklahoma, their schedule is is so weak. I mean – Well, yeah, and thinking about it, the case for OU going into next year, 
the schedule for one, how the season ended, even though it was a loss to Florida State, the run game looked really, really good. So there's hope there that the run game um, will be better. And then, of course, the one-score losses, you'd hope that would flip the other way. Maybe the defense can figure some more stuff out under Venables, and he's brought in guys through the portal, like we said, in recruiting. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's that's the case for him. But well, I'm, this- I'm still kind of – Apprehensions with his track with the track le- record of what Brent Venables has on defense, it's hard to believe that they'll be that bad again. Right, clear back, clear down at the very bottom of the country. He was dealing what he was given to him basically. Now, but now he has his team, some more of his team, not all of it, but yeah. So we'll see. We'll we'll see. I mean, that's been kind of the rallying cry during the Riley years was well the defense the defense can't be as bad as last year well and it turns seems out to get, it, well, it worse. kept getting worse and kept getting worse I, you're right it's Venables though he has a track record of producing good defenses consistently I won't say the greatest defense in every year but consistently really good yeah you look at the Clemson numbers it was consistently in the top 10 year exactly. after year I now think, but here's yeah does he have the guys Yet I don't know field. if he does in year two, but I I think he's on his way, if that makes sense. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. It did for Bob though. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> did for Bob and, and Lincoln was playing in the playoffs right from the get go as well. Yep. I think the Sooners. Yeah, two or three by the media. I mean, Texas is solid number one, don't you think? Yep. In the media poll. Yeah. Pleased to be joined and in studio now uh, by the man Ramrod in the tackle football camp coming up here in a week from Saturday in Elk City. It is Mr. Cade Sanford. All right, how you doing? Talking to the mic. Let's we're, see where see where you're at. We're doing good. We got ah, a bunch there we of go. rain, so we are good. <laughs> All right, so uh, I know that you kind of had this concept a year ago uh, over in Sayre with a bunch of these uh, OU football players coming out, and, and it was a great time a year ago now. It switched here to, to Big Elk Stadium. Tell everybody exactly what uh, is going on uh, with this tackle football camp coming up on July the 15th. Well, the main thing we're looking to do is raise some money. Uh, we're looking to kick off some third and fourth, fifth and sixth grade tackle football. We know it's been offered in the past, and then after COVID, not offered anymore. So we're wanting to get it fired back up, and we were just putting our heads together thinking the best way to do it would be to have a fundraiser and this camp was such a success last year, we thought, well, let's bring it over here and let's make it even bigger and better. So contacted these guys that had come out last year, and I know we had uh, we had most of these guys back and maybe a few, a few new ones. But anyways, we talked to them, and they were interested. They enjoyed it last year and said definitely they wanted to come back out. So we got this set up kind of late notice, uh, but we're, we're hoping July 15th that everybody can show up and, and have a good time. Who all is this offered to? So this is open to anyone. If you're a third grader, or it's the grade you're going into. So if you're a third grader or a senior, this is for you. Um, we are really pushing it towards our high school kids and junior high kids right now because it says youth football camp, but it's to raise money for youth football. But this will really be uh, targeted as a high-level camp. These guys did some high-level stations. So if you're a junior high or high school player and know of one, suggest that they come to this camp because these are high-level guys, um, D1 guys. I was listening on the way in. I mean, we've got the only 
uh, Big 12 preseason guy coming in, Ethan Downs. We've got Danny Stutzman um, coming in. And if you look down at the bottom of the list, we've got Jackson Arnold, the number one quarterback in the nation last year, Elite 11 champion, um, maybe a, a Heisman contender in the next year or two coming in. And, and a lot of other guys in here, Jalil Farouk, another guy that's had a lot of success. So uh, these guys know what they're doing, and and they did a fantastic – everyone who left camp last year, matter of fact, we had some OSU and Texas fans, and it was the Texas fans last year – who said they were a little leery about coming to camp, but afterwards he said, I'm not I might not I might even cheer for OU this year after meeting these guys. So the guys did a great job. How do you put this to, I mean, I know you have your connections. You just you call them individually. You get is there an NIL thing? What how's this work? So last year I set up an NIL deal. Um, still have it in place, but uh, believe it or not, we just have a group chat or group text between these guys and um the guys who couldn't come, like we had Drake Stoops last year. He couldn't come this year. Um, we actually had Dylan Gabriel on to come, and he had to drop out about two weeks ago. Um, but he said, I can get Jackson to fill in for me. So uh, just have a group text between them. And just uh, Ethan actually has been the one that kind of ramrods it. Um, and just they're all willing to help, and they, they enjoy it and do a good job. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I know there's fans of a bunch of different schools in college football and whatnot but the idea that a seventh grade i mean i think about like wyatt going into the seventh grade the idea that he could come right out here and get to hang out with and learn from guys that'll be playing on owen field in the fall i mean that's almost like a dream come true at least in my mind thinking back when i was a little kid right if i would have told you that uh brian bosworth and jamel (laughs) holloway were coming to town i would have Signed up in about five minutes. I would have had. I would have made sure I had extra lines because I actually had the haircut, and I'd have made sure I had extra bright colors in to For go sure. meet the boss. But yeah, these guys, like I said, um, it's it's pretty personal. Um, they'll get to spend a lot of time with them, um, whether it be during the the lunch hour. We have a lunch will be provided. Um, t-shirts will be provided. They can get autographs. Um, and they, they get to know them kind of on a personal level. We have one station is what we call it, but it's just some time where um, we just call it words of wisdom. <clears throat> Same thing they do at OU camp, but where the guys can, the younger guys that are the campers can ask these guys questions. Of, you know, what's it what's it take to get to that level or what do you think about this or that? And um, I think the first question last year to Ethan Downs was how much do you bench press? So, no, you know, every third grader wants to know how much he can bench press. But, uh, yeah, there's just lots of one-on-one time where, you know, you really don't – sorry, you, you really don't even have to be a football player. You could be uh, – um, you don't even have to play football. If you just want to come be around the guys, come spend a day running through drills. Um, it's not tackle. It does say tackle, but you don't need pads. You don't need a helmet. You just need shorts and a T-shirt and a lot of energy. So, I'm a girl dad. I don't have boys. So, but I want to come. So I see there's a spectator fee. What is that about? Right. So we want to, again, we're here to raise money, um, but we know there's a lot of people that would like to just come and watch and see these guys in Big Elk Stadium up close and personal. So if you want to show up, just bring 10 bucks, show up, sit in the stands, bring a uh, umbrella for some shade and and watch and uh, see these Big Elk players participate in camp and see the oh you guys showing them what what to do we're hanging out with Cade Sanford uh, Oak City Youth Tackle Football Camp coming up 
on Saturday, July the 15th, a week from Saturday. So you're talking we're raising money. What exactly is the goal? What exactly uh, who were, who exactly is the money being raised for? So we we have really just started in the last month or so, but we're just trying to set up third and fourth, fifth and sixth grade tackle football. Um, like I said, it, it's not been offered around Elk City here lately, but we want to get it started. Uh, want to be able to provide equipment, provide uniforms, um, and and get into a league where we can go and play games with third and fourth grade, fifth and sixth grade football. It's Elk City football camp, but this is open for everybody, am I right? Correct. Yes, it's open. If you're a big-time football player in Thomas or you're a big football player in Burns Flat, Mangum, uh, Altus, we had kids come in from North Texas last year. Um, wherever it is and you want to be part of this camp, yes, please come. Get registered at uh, Elk City Youth Tackle Football on Facebook. Um, there's plenty of links on there and plenty of videos of these guys um, kind of hyping camp. So come on, let's go. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Where can people go to get this information, get their kids signed up prior to actually walking out there on the field that Saturday? Right. You can check us out on Facebook is the easiest way to find us at Elk City Youth Tackle Football. I'm sure uh, the Skinny on Sports will repost it later, mm-hmm. but uh, just come check it out. Um, like I said, it's it's going to be a great day. Sounds exciting. I never thought in the year 2023 we'll have that many OU players at Elk City Football Stadium, Big Elk Stadium. Combined with this in the Carl Albert game, there's going to be a lot of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot definitely. of OU representation there. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, Tawee Tawi Walker. Um, he's going to get a lot of playing time at running back. He might not be a name that you recognize on here, but Justin Harrington and uh, Key Lawrence both really kind of anchor uh, the defensive backs. Um, Andrew Rom has been a starting center for, I think, just ever since he got there. He's going to start again this year. Jonah Laulu, um, a defensive end. Reggie Grimes, a defensive end. Both those guys are in the rotation. Kevin Gilliam, again, another guy that's in the rotation. Ethan Downs, uh, preseason Big 12 guy. And then um, Jackson Arnold's the the freshman everything. So, uh, you know, about two years from now, we might be watching him on Saturday in New York City saying, hey, wasn't very long ago he was in <laughs> Elk City. Yeah, and that, and that's the cool part of this is because of, of – you know, these guys, who knows where some of them might be. You know, we were talking about Danny Stutzman. He led the he led the conference last year in tackles. He'll be right out here uh, teaching kids some stuff for linebacker. And, and and what I like about it is there's a bunch of different position groups on that list to where it doesn't matter kind of what you do. Some of these guys are, gonna, are playing the position that the kids are going to play junior high, high school, all the way down to third and fourth grade. Yes, yeah, so, so that's kind of how we've structured the camp. It's not really necessarily position-specific, but it's really an all-around football camp. So whether you're a third-grade quarterback, you're going to go through linebacker drills with Danny Stutzman, or you're going to go through running back wheel drills with Tawee Walker or defensive back drills. So, um, you know, we don't, we don't uh, necessarily focus just on QB skills or just on defensive back skills, but you're going to go through all these stations – um, we're going to split you up even and, and play some, uh, we're going to call it big elk ball where it's, it's, uh, kind of like flag football for a, for a while. Um, we're going to do a lot of things 
that that's going to have fun. Uh, we've got the guys from MAP in Elk, or not Elk City, but in Clinton coming over. Um, they do a great job of training guys, but they're going to have a station where they're going to bring their um, laser uh, watches over and actually time 40s. So if you want to know how fast you really are, you can come out and see if you're as fast as you think you are. But the, the clock doesn't lie, so we're going to um, probably have an award for the fastest guy on, in camp. We'll have uh, these OU guys really pick out guys that they see really exceeding and trying hard and having a good time, and, and we'll have some other awards to give away as well. So now, Jared, I'm not going to be here. Oh, you're not going to be here either, dadgummit. I was going to say, I'll be out of, out of town. do you think you could break five and a half seconds in the 40? No way. No, no way. Not with Get both the hands hose trains. out after I throw up. <laughs> no, that's no. <laughs> do you think I could run a seven-second 40? Yes. Ooh, he got a lot of confidence Sounds like in a me. Challenge. Well, we're, ta- <laughs> we're talking downhill, right? <laughs> yeah, <Wind> roll, <laughs> rolling down the hill on <laughs> the back of Big Oak Stadium. <laughs> Just some, somebody be on the other side of the fence to get me out of the road, right? All right, so one more time. How can people get signed up for this? When is it? Uh, and kind of what, uh, what's the goal of this camp? So July 15th, registration will start that morning at 7 o'clock. Camp will start at 9 o'clock. It's July 15th. It's a week from Saturday. It's open to 3rd through 12th graders. It's at Elk City Youth Tackle Football. Um, no pads, no helmet, just shirts, T-shirts, and energy. Uh, we'll have drinks. We'll have lunch for the campers. Uh, everybody will get a T-shirt. They can get some autographs. Um, and it's all to go towards youth football, youth tackle football um, that we're trying to start here in Elk City. All right, Cade. Thanks so much uh, for putting this together. Thanks for being here. And we'll for sure get that reposted on our Skinny on Sports Facebook page. Yep. Get everybody uh, the information that they need. It's Cade Sanford with the Elk City Youth Tackle Football Camp coming up Saturday, July the 15th. That's a week from Saturday right here on Big Elk Stadium with a whole bunch of OU dudes that are uh, kind enough to come out and hang out and teach the kids a bunch of different skills that they'll need for not only youth, but also up into junior high and high school football right here in Elk City. Thanks to Cade Sanford for stopping by. This is a big camp. I mean, kids oh, need to take advantage of this. This isn't just like I said earlier. I think that sometimes people think, oh, it's in Elk City. I can't go. Yeah, you can. Absolutely you can. You're listening in Mangum or, like you said, Thomas, surrounding area. This is a great opportunity. Wheeler, Shamrock, come on. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things that – you're, this is something that you have to drive to Norman for, normally. Right. But with these guys coming out here, it's a, it's and and I know it says you know the the tackle football camp the youth is is being pushed just to start you know get that thing restarted, but it's for everybody, third grade all the way up to seniors. And if you don't think that uh, some of those high school kids couldn't benefit from some instruction from some of these guys oh, that, that play their position at OU. I think you'd be fooling yourself. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about it. The the Brent Venables effect kit is going to be felt here. You know, that energy that he brings to his – I'm sure those guys are like, okay, well, how would I run a camp? How would I coach? Well, I just coach like Venables does. And he brings such a positive spin and, and just such a high intensity and obviously defensive, defensive-minded coach. You're going to get some good instruction from these guys, offensively too. Good yeah, opportunity, big opportunity here. No doubt. July 15th, 20, uh, 2023. It's a week from Saturday. Get registered. Go to uh, Elk City Youth Tackle Football on Facebook. We'll put the we'll put this flyer out there 
on the Skinny on Sports page as well. Already done. Uh, okay, yeah, I figured it was. So <laughs> you can find it. You can find all the information right there. And then if you're just kind of a dude that wants to go check it out, you can do that for ten bucks. What a what a cheap entertainment on a Saturday. I tell you, if I was not out of town, I'd be there. Yeah, well, just no to doubt. see it. You know. No doubt. Maybe get in the press box it. and get it ready for the season. Yeah, while I'm there. Do, do a little extra work. <laughs> Man, I, <coughs> it's funny you say that because I was I was I was listening to uh, to Mark Rogers and he had uh, Brandon Weaver, who's the the basketball coach at OCS. He had it on, him on last week when I was driving over to Salisaw on what is that Wednesday? I guess Wednesday afternoon. And he was talking about the the changes, the Rule 14. Right, yeah. That's going on and how that's going to affect things. And and I know you and I had brought this up to each other, and I, I kept on wishing that they would get to where I wanted the conversation to go. And that is with the girls' and boys' teams now not being tethered to each other. How's that going to work? How does that affect what we do? Did you ever get an answer I, on that? I didn't, I didn't ask him because uh, we, we had talked about maybe getting him on. And that's uh, I, I think that's a huge negative toward this for certain places, if I'm understanding it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I, we can't be in two places at once. Literally. We cannot. And so, oh, that's fine. Just take uh, – we'll take one – camera to one place another camera to another we don't have that many cameras to spare we don't have that much equipment to go back and forth maybe they'll stagger it maybe one game will play at 1 30 another game played at eight o'clock i guess it's a lot of back and forth i don't know i just I, ever since that has come out and you you kind of brought that up i thought to myself yeah this, this may have just gotten impossible you know what's not impossible? What's that? Racing around the dirt track out at Elk City Motorsports Park. Not They've done a lot of not impossible. They've done a lot of good things out there. Well, you can go check it out Saturday. It's Saturday night. KECO presents a mod summer night stream. I see what they did there. Ah. Featuring USRA Modifieds, Limited Modifieds, Elk City Motorsports Park, Factory Stocks, and Tuner Classes, plus Oklahoma Vintage Racers. Miles south of Hutches on Merritt Road, and then a quarter mile back west. Concessions available. It's fun for the whole family. Gates open at 5. The races start at 7. You can check it out. Elk City Motorsports Park on Facebook, online, www.elkcitymotorsportspark.com. Don't miss a mod summer night stream coming up Saturday night, July the 8th. Of course, presented by... Our sister station at 96.5 KECO. Jared, has Trey Mann done anything to solidify his spot? Yeah, absolutely. On the Thunder? I don't know. Well, it's been two games, but he's played really, really good. But this is the summer league against the B squad, more or less. So, but maybe that, you know, on the chopping block kind of, you know, motivated him set a fire so but i like what i see i definitely will crown him the salt lake city mvp of the summer league at this point 
even in the loss last night, what do you have, 28, something like that? Yeah, he's averaged 24 and, and really efficient 24. I think that's the one difference you see in his game. He was kind of a volume shooter, and he had some big games even off the bench for the Thunder. But it seemed like it took a bunch of shots to do it. Last night at one point he was 7 of 10. You know, and that, those are just just really, really good. And it's – I know you're, you're exactly right. Uh, it's just Summer League. It is just Summer League. But you know what? If you're an NBA player, a true NBA player, this is what you should do in Summer League. I mean, they didn't even let Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, play one game. He looked like he was a fish out of water in a good way, that he just had no business being on the floor against those guys because he was so much better, so they just kind of took him away. And that's kind of what Trey Mann looks like. 10 of 14 for 28 points. Listen, if you if you could score double the amount of shots you take, the efficiency is very, very good. So, man, I don't – I Excite you. Gives you hope. Yeah, I know. And it, for a guy that we were already talking about – how hard it was going to be to to find time for a lot of these guys that are on the Thunder roster, and that was assuming Trey Mann wasn't one of them. But when you see what he's done here in the first couple of games, if he can continue that, then you throw him into the mix as well. You have to. I mean, or maybe this is a way to showcase his talent to try to get him moved. Always that. There's always that. And, and get something get something back for him. Um, Which will put some people out. Go, why'd you trade him? He's turned a corner. He looks really good. Well. What do you think about Chet? I think he is, it's, again, like, kind of like, I'm not trying to get excited about Trey Mann because it's two summer league games. <clears throat> I know Chet, he played how many last year? He had a breakout game, his very first one. Tuesday he was solid. Was that Tuesday. Monday he was real solid, and last night I think it from early. My early assessment is it looks like he's trying to refine that balance of being aggressive, but he's still a little timid from the injury. Still, you know, wants to be aggressive, but trying to stay healthy. Trying to overdo it early settles down late. Makes sense. I think he's fine. I think it's going to take a little bit, but he'll be okay. Yeah. I- I think we're seeing what we thought we were going to see last year as a rookie. Yeah. And that is he his one skill that can be a difference maker right off the bat is protecting the rim. And then the, the offensive game will have to come with, with his skill set. You know, turnovers way too many last night with six of them, and a bunch of them were in the open floor where he's – able to handle the ball but not quite good enough last night to not turn it over you know what I mean mm-hmm. like you saw you saw the good and the bad offensively he still hasn't made a three which you know when you're when you've been off for 13 months the way he has you know the offensive game will come back or you hope it'll come back but I, I do think that what we we're seeing the the skill that is 100 percent transferable from college to the NBA and it, that's going to be an elite skill is protecting the rim, blocking shots. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be able to just, you know, keep Nikola Jokic out of the paint. But you know, I, I thought the play last night where um, Laravia drove it down the baseline and, and Chet was late, 
And Trey Mann, in his assessment after the game, he actually mentioned this play that even though Chet was a little bit late on the rotation, he said most guys that are that late, that are, they are on a poster on that play. Yeah. And he was elite enough to still make it and block the shot, block a dunk. And he said that's the thing that uh, that release right now will for sure translate even into the NBA game is being able to be there at the rim on you know help defense or coming from the backside, whatever it is. He's going to be able to to be an elite rim protector right off the bat and rebounder. He he had um, eleven last night. Eleven last night, yeah. So it was still that to his game. I think the rest will come. Yeah, when I'd, he kind of gets reacclimated because we just started to see that last year after the summer league, thinking okay, there's some positives here, and then the injury occurred. I just think he has to get reacclimated. You're going to still we got to keep telling ourselves too, this is his rookie year. That's right. Okay, so. He's not. He's still technically classified as a rookie, so we'll. I. I. I'm fine with him. I'm not ready to press the panic button yet. After an X amount of summer league games from last year and this year, I'm not. No, I'm not either. I. I think he'll be just fine, and and he'll be able to really step right in and 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 start at the one of the better ones in the league at protecting the rim right off the very bat. And then if that that's where the promise of him comes, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to have that elite skill set no matter what he does on offense. And if he can put that together, then watch out. That's when you got the player that the Thunder hope they draft at number two. What's going on with Dame Lillard? Why is he not in Miami? That's kind of like what I said yesterday. I think there's some overvaluation going on here, uh, not only between him but also his agent. read an article this morning on ESPN about his agent is basically telling everybody who's inquiring about trading for him outside of Miami saying, all right, you want to go for him. You're going to get an angry player, an unhappy player, trying to make it less attractive so there's only one destination for him, and that's Miami. And on the other side of that, Miami is um, – it's not even and out like we talked about. Portland wants a lot. Miami's not willing to give up a lot, mainly Hero, Tyler Hero, uh, and his contract. Portland doesn't want to kind of take that on. This is all from that article I read on ESPN, by the way. But I, I think it's – but I, ultimately all of that tells me Lillard is overvaluing himself a little bit. That That's what I think is going on here. And I think we got – and, and Miami is saying, listen, we're not going to take on this guy and, and give up what you want. We're not. We don't see him as that valuable. Yeah, in Miami, I mean, here's here's the deal for Miami. Did they really need him? Well, they need something. And right now, they're in a position of strength because he has said, his agent has said, that's the only place he'll go. So if you're the Heat, you have all the bargaining power right now, but that doesn't mean if you're Portland, you have to do it. Right. I wonder if this is going to end up a little bit like what we saw last summer with Donovan Mitchell, where... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a different team shows up. Like Cleveland was never even considered a destination for Donovan Mitchell until they were, right? Someone was, yeah. you know, trying to play hardball with with Utah for his services, and finally, Cleveland said, "You know what? We really want him. We'll take this." Do you do you think Portland has any sort of obligation to Damian Lillard? 
to send him just to Miami and take whatever whatever they get from the Heat? Or if you're Portland, do you, hey, we'll try to do that, but if they don't present the best trade package for us, sorry. You're going where we can get the most for you. I think it's that. I think it's because the GM, is I forget his name, but he's kind of – he's said we're not just – going to honor a trade request and take on nothing in return he said it's still a business this is a business and it has to be good for both parties involved and he wants to help out Lillard but he's going to need something in return I think he's seen bad trades happen Paul George look at the Paul George trade four years ago (laughs) it was the anniversary yesterday and when you look what Oklahoma City got for Paul George I sat down and thought did that is the jury still out did Oklahoma City win that trade or is it just still too early? I mean, it's still too early because we're still reaping the benefits of that trade. No, it, it's not too early. All that's going to happen by the time this thing is all spent is that it just looks worse and worse for the Clippers. It's already won. Oklahoma City got Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Jalen Williams out of this trade. Yeah. It's already a win, plus what they still have way in the future. No, it's just going to be running up the score by Sam Presti as these picks or as these swaps become actual so I, people i think portland's gm not for, I'm, i think conti or something like that he he's seeing some of these trades go you know when these players these superstars these these guys that have grown up essentially in their franchise one out and then the the franchise gets literally little to nothing for the trade just because you're honoring a guy that's honored you for so long but I think he's stepping back going, this is a business. This is still a business. I still got to be profitable. Y'all want you to be profitable. Let's make a deal. Let's make this work. But I'm not giving you up just because you tell me to. And he saw what happened with the – I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that's what he said. But the Paul George trade to the Clippers. And there's been other examples throughout the years, even before that, where guys – you know, and I like it. I like how – because we've kind of had a – we've been disgruntled with why are the players running this league they're demanding trades they're demanding that they want to go play with this guy and they're opting out of these deals to get huge mega deals to be a part of a super team i like how the gm here is kind of standing his ground and i also like miami too saying okay we don't we're not giving up that much for this guy yeah if we're the only place he'll go we don't have to exactly but at the same time i don't uh it's it'll be really interesting and then if, what if nothing happens? How, what's Lillard's attitude in Portland well, after this? It's kind of the problem if if the Does if he his hold out? he doesn't can't hold out, can he? Well, he's he can't he's not going to he's not going to give up two hundred million dollars. That's that's a, that's a big part of this. Is he's on that extension four more years for two hundred million? So if you're a if you're Boston, if you're Philly, or if you're whoever, not named Miami. How much faith do you have that you get Damian Lillard and not a Damian Lillard that's pouting that wanted to go to Miami? Right. When you're on the hook for that much money, a guy that's 32 going to turn 33 and be 36 and 7 by the time this thing is over, that that being his contract for all that money. Now, I read a report uh, yesterday, you know, that, that Golden State was nearing – if they wouldn't have traded for Chris Paul, that could have been a destination. And that's one which he would have done because that's where he's from. He's from the Bay Area. Man, if you – looking back at that one, I think Golden State maybe, you know, if you can make the right deal there, I think they'll be 
probably wishing they'd have done that because Lillard at his price tag, but the one year, but the deal is it's four years instead of, you know, one to get off of Chris Paul. But I mean, I just have a feeling that it's been Miami, 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 and then I don't know how long it's going to take. And I think the longer it takes, the more realistic it is that it's somebody else. And I just have to wonder what Boston is doing. Trading away <clears throat> Marcus Smart, trading away Grant Williams. Sure seems like they're making moves to do something. And is it, you know, another thing about this, Jalen Brown, why haven't they got a deal done with Boston? Are these moves precursors to a mega Jalen Brown and whatever for Damian Lillard and whatever? <clears throat> Sure seems possible to me. Yeah, if Lillard would acquiesce and, and get off of the the Miami or nothing stance, and quite frankly, <clears throat> if you're Portland, Boston has way more to offer you back than what Miami does. I mean, as good a player as Tyler Hero is, no thank you if you could get Jalen Brown. Yeah, that seems like an easy one, but with the glut of wings that they have up there with Simons and Sharp and all those guys that they've drafted, how much sense does it make for Jalen Brown to be that piece? It's it's fascinating because you don't get to see – you're right, you haven't seen teams on both sides of this actually stand their ground against these guys. Normally they just tra- they, they do what – I mean, just trade them off for nothing, right. try to make them happy. Does – um. <clears throat> Does Lillard have to sign off on it? I don't think so. But it, Man, if I'm Portland, I'm sending them wherever I want. Yes. Getting as much as I can. Right. I don't care if it's Sacramento, Boston, Miami, Charlotte. Who cares? Getting the most you can. He doesn't want to be here? Fine. Charlotte, he's your problem. Yeah. As Jim says a lot, loyalty in sports will get you roasted. We'll see if uh, Portland kind of bucks that trend. Everybody have a great Thursday. We'll be back to wrap up the week tomorrow right here on the Skinny on Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. Ah!